Hi, and welcome to Stressed, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. Being ambitious and successful while living a happy life is possible. Learn how you can better cope with stress in day-to-day -day situations by applying tools and techniques that work for you. My name is Julia Arndt, and I'm extremely grateful that you decided to check out my podcast today. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to Stressed, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. It's so great you decided to listen in to today's episode, where I will talk about the stress management competency. What you will learn today is what stress is, how stress affects your health, and how you can develop the stress management competency. So let's get right into it. The first thing I would like to talk about is the definition of stress. As you can imagine, there are a lot of different definitions out there about stress. You can find them on the internet, in books and research articles. But let's start with the word stress itself. It has its origins from physics. There, the definition reads as follows. It's the internal distribution of force across a small boundary per unit area of that boundary within a body. In easier words, it's the stress or pressure caused by the distribution of force from one boundary to another within a body. And that pressure causes strain or deformation. That makes a lot of sense, right? That's really interesting. In psychology, stress is defined as a biological threat. It is your body's way of responding to any kind of demand. So the response of stress was created by your body to respond to threats and help you survive. In prehistoric times, for example, it helped us to recognize danger and react quickly. Let's look at this even from a physiological perspective. What happens in our bodies when we feel stressed? I'm sure that you have heard of the fight or flight response. First, our sympathetic nervous system is triggered by a stressor. That could be anything from standing in traffic, a work deadline or moving to a new home. The body releases different hormones, such as adrenaline and cortisol, which rouse the body to emergency action. What you then feel in your body, known as stress, are for example tense muscles, a pounding heart, increased blood pressure, your breath quickens and your senses become sharper. I would love to read an excerpt from Arianna Huffington's book, Thrive, that perfectly summarizes what I just described. My screensaver is a picture of gazelles. They are my role models. They run and flee when there is a danger, a leopard or a lion approaching, but as soon as the danger passes, they stop and go back to grazing peacefully without a care in the world. But human beings cannot distinguish between real dangers and imagined ones. As Mark Williams explains, the brain's alarm signals start to be triggered not only by the current scare, but by past threats and future worries. So when we humans bring to mind other threats and losses, as well as the current scenario, our body's fight or flight systems do not switch off when the danger is past. Unlike the gazelles, we don't stop running. And this phenomenon is super interesting. We are all living in the digital age today, especially when you work in the corporate world, and we are constantly connected. Emails come in on a minute basis, your phones are ringing, 
text messages are coming through and our smartphones ring with news updates and social media notifications all day long. These, at first seemingly little triggers, cause our sympathetic nervous system to be in alert all the time. And if you think about it, because we get these triggers all day long, we are exposed for excessively long periods to fight or flight response and our body is flooded with stress hormones all the day. And the problem of that? Well, it creates this ease in the short and then disease in the long run. The list is endless. Diabetes, heart disease, obesity, anxiety, panic attacks, depression, irritability and anger that affects our children and relationships, alcoholism, frequent colds and infections, addiction to painkillers and sleeping aids, maybe you have a sense of restlessness and unease, or you feel like nothing is really great in your life and you're not good enough. It also shows in not sleeping great, so insomnia and low energy, headaches and dizziness, having an upset stomach, aches and pains and tense muscles, chest pain, grinding teeth and loss of sexual desire. Did you ever experience any of these symptoms? Well, you're not alone. Based on the American Institute of Stress, 77% of people regularly experience physical symptoms caused by stress and three out of four doctor visits are for stress-related symptoms. Three out of four, isn't that crazy? Our employers spend up to $300 billion in annual costs in stress-related healthcare and missed work. That's $100 billion more than what obesity costs Americans. And I'm sure that at this point you have heard enough to be convinced that stress is something that you should start taking a little bit more seriously. The good news, we only get stressed if something is important to us. Because if it wouldn't be important to you, you wouldn't feel stressed by it. Let me give you an example. Because I spent my weekends in Lake Tahoe, it was always extremely important for me to leave work at a good time to not get into heavy traffic and spend more than four hours at a time in the car. And for anyone who lives in the Bay Area knows that if you leave too late on a Friday, you can easily spend up to eight hours in traffic jams to do 225 miles, especially when there are extreme weather conditions like rain or snow. So the sheer thought of making sure to leave at a good hour made me nervous already early in the morning and then the whole day before getting on the road, I would have a harder time to focus and concentrate. I would constantly check Google Maps to look for any road accidents, the best routes and the best time to leave. So it caused a lot of stress in me. For you, this might be completely unimportant because you have a very flexible schedule or you live really close to work so traffic jams don't really affect you. And there are a lot of other examples for that. You know, being dressed at work, cooking for your husband when he comes home in the evening, picking up your kids from school on time. Ever wondered why you might constantly get in fights with your partner on a certain subject? Well, maybe check how important certain things are for them than they are for you. Because stress shows in many different aspects of our lives and affect people in a different way. The good thing about stress is that more and more people are starting to become aware of it. I like to compare it to our dental hygiene and brushing our teeth, even though I know that that seems to be kind of a funny parallel. But let me explain. 
50 years ago, we didn't know that brushing our teeth would help us avoiding toothaches and going to the dentist on a regular basis to get cavities fixed or a tooth pulled. Then someone super smart came along and figured out that brushing our teeth on a regular basis rewards us with healthier teeth and less dental expenses. So toothbrushes were created and people learned. And we have a lot of similar cases like these over the past century. Today, we go to the gym and eat healthy because we are aware of the importance of it. This generation is becoming more aware of taking care of the mind and easing our thoughts. So just like brushing our teeth, which is hence why I'm using this example, or going to the gym or eating healthy, stress management can be learned. It takes time and patience. It's the next stage, you know, after taking care of our body through exercise and healthy eating, we hear more and more about mindfulness, stress management and skills that deal with the mind, also known as soft skills. It's not a destiny that if you have trouble dealing with stress, you're going to be completely screwed. <laughs> it's just a snapshot of the moment and it's a skill that needs to be developed. Dealing with stress, pressure and tension can be improved and optimized. But all we see in the corporate bubble is perfectly successful and outstanding people. They have a degree from Harvard, they have an MBA from Stanford, they seemingly get one promotion after another, and not only that, but they also seem to juggle everything else super easily. They have a great job, a great marriage, two kids and a beautiful home, and they don't seem to have problems with stress. And so we ask ourselves, am I the only one that experiences stress? Well, let me tell you, each person has its weakness periods, just not a ton of people talk about it. But from speaking with more and more people about my own experience, I learned that's just a perception. Because everyone experiences stress and has a question or two about where it comes from and how to deal with it. If you listened to my intro episode, you know that in just over one day, I heard from hundreds of co-workers across the globe about my offer to share some tools and techniques on stress management. Many of them telling me that they were so grateful for my initiative to share, letting me know that they are in the same boat, experiencing stress at work and outside of work and wanting to learn more of how to cope with it. And for me, the interesting thing was that I had not only people reaching out that were at the company for a few months, but some more than 12 years. Men, women, black people, white people, Asians, software engineers, program managers, people managers and leaders alike. I had like really the whole spectrum of people reaching out to me and they all had the same question. How can I more easily deal with stress on a day-to-day -day basis? What I learned, well, that we are all human beings with insecurities and that there are things that stress us. People that are in leadership and top positions experience stress and might not have or have learned over many years and many failures how to cope with it. But everyone can learn how to manage stress. We need facts and wisdom. We need to test and iterate to move forward. And let me stress this again. We are living in a fast-changing world. We are always connected to our phone and our fight-or-flight response is constantly firing. We might not be aware of it in the short run, but we do will feel the effects in the long run. Don't you think it's normal that we feel sometimes exhausted and depleted? I think the main problem is that when we get stressed, we switch on our autopilot and all of our good intentions are out of the window. 
Did you want to go home early today or hit the gym or spend some more time with your family? But then you got a last minute email into your inbox or received a last minute phone call and you switched into autopilot and the first thing you cut was taking care of yourself and your loved ones. And for once every now and then, that's totally fine. You know, we all have done this at some point in our life. And I think we partly do this because we think we owe it to our company and co-workers to respond quickly and with detail. It's almost like we have been trained and incentivized by making work a priority. And what a lot of people don't know yet is that there is a misconception out there that if we take more time for ourselves, work will suffer. Or if we take more time for ourselves, our co-worker will get the pat on the back and the next promotion. But again, let me stress that this is a misconception. There are many neuro studies out there that prove that actually taking a bit more time for ourselves to fill our energy reserves on a regular basis has a lot bigger impact than you might expect. <laughs> and it does not only make you feel better and more energized, but when you are more relaxed and focused, it will also show in your work and it will improve your relationships at work and at home. I will promise you that. Our bodies are like a savings account. Let's say you have, for example, a thousand dollars on your savings account and you constantly withdraw money from it without making sure to put some back in. And at the end of the month, there's no money left and the vacation that you were going to take out of the window. And that's the same for our bodies. If we only take out and spend our energy, but never make sure to mindfully put some back in, we will quickly be depleted and get sick, physically or mentally or both. And you know what? Taking a vacation once or twice a year to fill your savings account, that's not enough. You need to get into the habit of filling your savings account on a regular, yes, best daily basis. And sitting in front of the TV after coming home exhausted from work, going to bed late and then waking up tired the next morning is not how you do that. I hope I made that very clear. But okay, Where you are right now in your stress management skill is totally okay. Don't let another person tell you that you're not good enough or not strong enough. It's your own life and your own evaluation. When learning how to manage stress, you will become more resilient. And like everything, it's a process and it might take some time to get there. It will not happen overnight or next week or maybe even in the first year. It's about small steps and not giving up when you have a bad day or a bad period. It's about trying again and again and again. Be patient with yourself. That's important. <laughs> and it's about having fun in the process and testing and learning what works for you. Because at the end of the day, we want to make your life easier with stress management, not more difficult. We don't want to add another additional thing to your day to do it. It should be fun and it should actually relax you. And even if you do take a break for two weeks or longer, every day is a new day to begin again. You shouldn't wait until 2020 to make a New Year's resolution to start managing your stress. Don't beat yourself up. Be gentle with yourself and be grateful for the little improvements on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm pretty sure that you didn't get into a five times per week gym routine or a healthy eating habit in a week either. And even if you struggle with your gym routine and eating habits today, you are aware that you might struggle. And that conscience alone is already a great step in the right direction. 
It's about taking small steps and making subtle changes that will make a big difference in the long run. It's only been two years that I started being more mindful about stress and what to do to better cope with it. Am I perfect? Far from it. Else I would not have needed to get a doctor's leave for three months to recover from the effects of it. It's a slow process and I'm learning slowly to read the signals of my body better and better and understand the tools that work for me. And guess what? Sometimes I don't learn and then I switch on my autopilot, fall back into it and just let stress literally consume me. So let's sum it up for today. What are the learnings from today's episode? First, if it stressed you, it's important to you. And that's a good thing. Two, if you don't take care of the stressors in your life, it will affect you sooner or later on a physical or mental level, which brings me to number three. The first step to work on developing your stress management competency is to recognize that you're feeling stressed. So take a minute right now or right after the podcast to appreciate something that stressed you today. Maybe it was your work or your partner that let your heart rate go up a bit higher today. And I just invite you to recognize that and think about what happened in your body and why was it important to you. I'm really excited to share more with you on tools and techniques in my next podcast episodes. So until then, remember, stress management is a skill that everyone can learn. You are already on the right track to make sustainable changes to your professional career and personal life. I wish you all the best. Hear you soon. With gratitude, Julia. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be extremely happy and grateful if you could leave me a comment and a 5-star rating. If you know someone who would benefit from the information I talked about today, please feel free to share it with them, no matter if it is your friends, your colleagues and or your family members. You will always find all links and the summary of the podcast in the show notes. It would be great if we could connect on Instagram or via email. You can find all details of how to find me in the show notes as well. In that way, you can also send me any questions that you might have. I'm glad you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for your trust. With gratitude, Julia.